So you hear the word humble a lot and humility, and we probably don't parallel exactly the depths or the layer or the foundation in which that is established. Well, today's guest, Stephen Kuhn, is the co-author of Unleash Your Humble Alpha, and it is an incredible book about cultivating leaders. And not just humble alpha makes you think of a male, it's women too. I've been incredibly blessed by this storyline, but more so about this impactful teaching and training that it provides. And it's so much more than that. It's a way of life. It's the humble alpha lifestyle. And it talks about the hit identity, the hit training, honesty, integrity, and transparency. And so I know that this is going to bless you. I know that you are going to feel this new level of expectancy over how you can show up in your life in this humble alpha way. I'm excited for you to feel like the scales are being removed as you listen to see truly what God has in store for you when it comes to your self-awareness, to your ego or lack thereof, and to your humbleness, which is ultimately a reflection of who he is, the humble God that we serve. And so Stephen, I am honored to have you here. I love you and Lane, the other fellow author of this book. And the mission that you are on truly to inspire the world into their greatest sense of self. And so you all please tag Stephen, tag Lane even. Uh, This is the humble alpha just unpacking and ultimately where that derived from. And so I know it's going to bless you. Please leave a review for the Fit and Faith podcast and share it everywhere you can because I want you to have access to the same truths that are in this show right here today for you individually, uniquely. Tune in all the way to the end. Welcome to the Fit and Faith podcast. Fit is an acronym representing founders, innovators, and trailblazers who are looking to live a life wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. A space for us to connect on the raw, real stories of mind, body, and soul alignment of entrepreneurs and kingdom leaders. I'm your host, Tamara Andress, and this podcast isn't like the cookie cutter interview experience. I've been coined the entrepreneurial rabbi, and so we do go there, unscripted. No matter how far, wide, deep, or high the there is, my desire is to see people rise from the inside out into their greatest calling by sharing their truest stories, talents, and tips. As a purpose activator and brand builder, I believe our successes and failures are derived from who and whose we are, not what we do. But strategy and vision are equally as important to the mission. So let's cut to the chase together and get fit in faith. All right, live and in action, the one and only Humble Alpha. Actually, there's two of you. Actually, we're hoping that there's millions of you before you have a chance to get done with this mission. Stephen Kuhn, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Just a real quick one. I'm just looking at the... At the Facebook, oh, oh no. yeah. I don't know if it's streaming or not. It says it's no longer available. Maybe that's it's so interesting. I had that happen with uh, StreamYard before too. Weird. Oh. It's saying live on my end. My team will be working in the back okay. end to Cheers. make sure it's going. Didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, no. I totally get it. I'm excited to have you. Thank you for being here. Awesome. We know we know how uh, glitch and tech can actually get in the way of our humble alpha spirit. <laughs> Especially yesterday, it? huh? Yesterday with all the downs, huh? How Facebook. crazy. I I was interesting to jump into Clubhouse later in the afternoon and hear how it actually affected people. Um, I didn't have that same experience as a lot of people. Uh, And I'm curious as to why you would think that is the case. Oh, well, some some people, their entire business is online. You know, it's yeah. a, their entire business is Facebook or Instagram. I mean, look at the influencers. You know, what do they do? It's, they have a funnel. They have a page. And suddenly it's down. It's just stopped. You know, and I mean, I mean if you're running ads on Facebook, uh, you know, I had, a, I had a buddy that was launching this campaign yesterday and it couldn't launch it. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. That's yeah. terrible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I guess what I was thinking of, and obviously I noticed it in book sales, and I'm sure you could probably track the same, but in my spirit, I didn't have a, a movement. No, like, I was, we were like, in, yes. yeah, like I, I literally said out loud, I was like, all right, have your way, God, do what you will do. Yeah. Right. Because at the end of the day, that might happen. Yeah. And, and what does that do? Will. What does that do to your relationships? What does that do to your quote unquote influence? Right. 
So I would I would be curious how you would parallel your humble alpha um, exploration and also identity. And, and let's get into what that actually means um, for the listeners who don't yet know. Right. OK, so you mean in, in relation to that or. You know, I in think general. it's in relation to in general, but I feel like because there wasn't a shift in our spirit, it right. lends itself to understanding the hit strategy, understanding right. Right. what humble alpha means. Right. Well, basically, in the end, everything comes from the inside out. We we talk about, you know, changing the paradigm of, of paradigm of leadership. And that, that means that everyone's a leader within. You just got to let it out. Right. And it's a little bit more complicated than that. Uh, but we base everything on our core principles called HIT, honesty, integrity, transparency, um, honesty um, with yourself and why you do say and think like you do. Uh, transparency is how you step into the world with that identity or, or sorry, with that honest, on that honesty. And it's your ongoing reputation as well. Byproduct is integrity. And we talk about creating space, uh, which is one of the techniques we use in there. And that this is where we're going to come to the point is when I live my life focusing on my intention and not an outcome, the outcome doesn't matter. The how doesn't matter, right? It only matters that I know that I'm going to make it happen. So when something like that happens, it's just like, okay, all right, well, I guess that's not supposed to happen. What's, what's, where are we going now? Yeah. You, know, you, yeah. Just, you just roll with it, right? You just roll with it because you're not fixated on like, it has to be this. And when you, when you work like that and live like that, whether it's in your personal life or your professional life, you end up um, literally uh, with a wider view of life. Your, 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 your view of your intention is macro, but your view of life is, sorry, is micro, but your view of life is macro, meaning you're going to see the magic that appears. And that is new connections, opportunities, doors opening, um, you know, communication, uh, connections, all these things that happen on the outside of your peripheral, like on, in, in your peripheral, outside of that laser focus that everyone says we have to have, oh, which I don't so agree true. with. So. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree so much. And a conversation that we were having just a couple of days ago in an event that I was hosting was this idea of, being attached to the outcome versus what we should be, which is committed to the outcome. Because if we're well, attached that the outcome is right. only going to work via social media or, or via that narrowed focus versus the opportunity experience, the commitment of whatever comes in is going to lead me to that next space yep. allows way more freedom, I think, which is a component of being in that humble alpha spirit. Amen to that. I mean, you know, and there's, there's been, a, I don't know where I read the study. It was like 30% of all successful people um, uh, attribute, sorry, 30% of successful people's success comes from coincidences and luck. And so if you're, if your head's down to the grindstone, you're going to miss all that. You know, mm, you're, you're just not going to see it. And people say, you got to be laser focused, focus on one thing. Yes. You set the goal on one thing, but your intention is I'm like you said, be committed to that intention of getting to the goal, but the how, doesn't even matter because the how is going to, you're going to create as you go. We always say take imperfect action, create as you go, you know, because we're in a co-creation um, relationship with the world, with God, with whoever, uh, like you and I are co-creating right now. Right. And then there's a third entity, you know, that we could call the higher one, uh, you know, and, and this, this is, so it's never your idea alone. It's never your power right. alone. It's, there's right. no self-made millionaires, billionaires, trillionaires. There's no, there's no self-made anybody. Yeah. Right. It doesn't exist. So anyone who thinks like that is very egotistical and so we're always like, look, back down. It isn't about anything on the outside. It's about you being solid and being, you know, happy with who you are through finding your true identity, your purpose and creating that certainty. So you can let go of the how you're going to get to where you're going to go. It's so many mic drops in one sentence, in one <laughs> section. I'm like, wait, hold on. Let us catch up. What I want to know as I'm hearing all of that, because it, it it all sounds beautiful. And because I've experienced it, I know that it is beautiful, as have you. Can you take us back to a time where you had yet to uncover this inside out experience so that we can go along the journey with you rather than where you are now? Uh, well, my goodness. Um, I, you know, there's, there's Jesus so many, I don't even know where to start. Uh, you know, <laughs> okay. I was in the military and you know, I was in the military. I, I left high school 10 days after high school, went into the army, went to Fort Knox, Kentucky. Five months later, I was in Germany. So I was 19 year olds, 18 year, 19 years old in Germany, I think, or 18 um, stationed in a foreign country. It was a cold war. The wall was up. The Russians were the bad guys, you know, and, um, they are again, I guess. And, uh, and, you know, I was just moving along in life and I had a very structured lifestyle because the army tells you what to do, when to do it, how, when you're going to get paid, how you're going to eat, when you're going to eat, when you're going to get up fitness, everything, everything was planned for you. So you didn't really, when you were off, you were just off. Right. So there was no goal. The, the issue is, and this is with, with most veterans, if not all is when you leave that structure, not only do you lose that structure, 
do you lose a family of everybody who's pulling on one string, uh, but you lose that bigger purpose, that larger purpose. So something that's bigger than yourself, a contribution you're making to the planet, to the universe, to whatever it is. When you're in a, when you're in a military, you write a blank check, you know, for whatever it's going to cost. Right. And I, I went to war, I went to Iraq, you know, 1990, 1991. And I wrote that check and I actually, uh, I was, you know, we were the front line. We were the first one. So um, we knew we weren't coming back. So I, dealt with that and said, okay, I'm not coming back. And, um, when I did come back, I didn't know how to act, you know, cause I had, I had basically relinquished anything to do with my life at that point. And then when I did come back, I ended up not being able to deal with the military anymore because of my experiences in Iraq and with a little girl that I met there and some other people that some other things that lost a friend in my arms there. Um, and after that experience, I couldn't align my person, my, the person who I was with the military anymore. So I got out. And I stayed in Germany where I was stationed. And uh, that's when it really hit me hard because I had nothing, nothing, you know, and when you're in the military, you're wearing a uniform. I can see what, what, what battles you're in, how long you've been in, how long you served, what units you're in. I can see everything. I don't even need, need to say one word to you. So it's clear, like you're a sergeant, just first sergeant or a colonel or whatever it is. I can see it. Then, then, then you get out. I'm, I, I get out. I'm standing at a door of a door of a club in Berlin. And some, you know, kid comes up and says, get a real job, you loser, you know? And you're just like, I just got back from a war. You know, it's like, <laughs> you, you don't know, know and, me at all. Yeah. 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 And, and so it's tough. And I think that was the first time where I realized like, who the hell am I? I can't run around saying I'm a veteran. I can't run around saying I'm an ex army guy. I did that for like two years, you know? And it, I, then that's when the journey started. And so I started, uh, what most people do is adopting titles and positions. Like I would fight for a title, fight for a position, fight yeah. for ownership. I owned bars and clubs. And that was my identity, Stephen, the club owner, the bar owner, right? Then I was a corporate guy, Stephen, the, the director, Stephen, the, you know, whatever, general manager. And, and after a while, it's like, man, I don't have any fulfillment from these things. I crush it in the job. I really, may, but it's, there's, there's nothing to it. There's no bigger calling purpose. And so all of these years, and to the point where uh, 2008, I had a complete, you know, crash where, um, toxic relationship, we got in an argument, police stopped us. I pulled the gun out of the police or tried to pull the gun out of the police officer's holster to shoot myself. And, um, yeah, that all went downhill from there. And, uh, I, I ended up in a monastery in, in Austria. I so, love that, I love that yeah. shift. It's like, hold on, wait. Oh, yeah. well, when you're, at the end, when you're yeah. at the end, it's either you're going to go all the way to the end. Or 100%. you're going to start over from zero. And, and, and I've literally, I was there, Stephen, in, in my own personal journey. And I remember ideating all through the night. How am I going to do this? How is this going to work? Full body shakes, full body sweats, trying to be engulfed by my husband who was trying to do anything he could just to keep me present in my brain so that I wouldn't ideate to those spaces. Yeah. And I remember going to the computer in the morning with my one, my not even one-year-old, let's be specific, zero. She was nine months old and two-year-old in the other room and Googling. Where do I go? How do I get well? How do I find my sense of self and my sense of purpose? And either there was two things that were available. Either I was going to be removed from my household and my children and my family at a very expensive cost, like 40K for, you know, 30 day, 60 day experience in a place that I couldn't pinpoint that even was my identity. I was like, I'm not a drug addict. I'm not yeah. an alcoholic. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm broken. And or uh, there was nowhere to go other than a one time a week, like experience in therapy. There had to be more. And so had I had the ability to go to a monastery, I would have checked right in. But I ended up having to do it in the comfort of my home, in the comfort of my community. And so I want tell me, like, what was that experience like? Well, you know, the way I got there is I called a friend and I said, look, man, Michael, his name is Michael Wagner and from Austria. I said, look, if you don't come get me, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. I, I, I won't make it through the night. I can tell you that right now. And so he sent me um, a plane ticket, uh, e-ticket. And I jumped on a plane, went to Austria and he dropped me. He didn't tell me I was going to a monastery. He oh, just wow. said, take, yeah. And then he just, he didn't even pick me up. One of his friends picked me up and they dropped me here. Michael said, wait here. <laughs> oh my and I, yeah. gosh. And I went in and then the monks all knew that I was coming and they knew about me and they took care of me. And I was, it was a Benedictine monastery. So it's, it's the Christian, which is great, but they also meditate wow. and they chant. So when they were chanting in this little chapel built in the year 920 or something ridiculous, it's, it would reverberate, it reverberate through your whole body. 
so you could feel the chants. And sometimes they do it in Latin, French, German, right. English, whatever. And and it was just it was this magical, magical place that, uh, yeah, the vibrations went through your entire body and sort of changed you. You don't realize it right away, you know. I mean, it was the first two weeks were like, man, what am I doing here? You know, like, like you know, <laughs> right, no right. phone, no cell phone, no TV, no laptop, no nothing to the outside world in a very very small village. There was one restaurant, cafe kind of place um, where I would go. I ended up um, sometimes during the day going to that restaurant and like polishing silverware for him and stuff. Cause I just, I was just, you needed a job. You needed yeah, an identity. I, you know, I am yeah. the silverware polisher. <laughs> and, uh, and it was just, it was magical because after a while I realized I don't, I don't actually need anything. You know, I don't need anything. It's, it's all inside of me. And it, I just started peeling back the onion and man, that was a, that was a big ass onion. And, uh, I, I, I walked out of there. I don't know, eight months later, six months, eight months later. Um, a person that knew who he was. Right. And I couldn't go back to society because I was like, I don't want to go back. So I went to the mountains by myself into a little hut. And there I started just going off the deep end. I think, <laughs> Probably. you know, I was like, I don't need food. I can just drink water. I'm, I was like that. <laughs> yeah. Know, yeah. Completely. Yeah. And uh, people just started coming up to visit me because uh, they heard about this crazy American and uh, they would bring me food and bread and like, you know, that kind of stuff. And I ended up, you know, being this kind of, person that would sit with them in a semicircle and just answer questions that I had no idea what it was. It was just, I was channeling something. Wow. And so I was just sitting there and they're asking questions and I was just getting the answers and just spitting them out. And that's how I was almost basically levitating is what it felt yeah. like. You know? yeah. yeah. You were in like utter flow. Yeah. Complete 100%. I had zero distractions. So when wow. you're with yourself for that long, you see things that you don't see in everyday life and you feel things you don't feel in every life because you're not numb. You're not distracted. Right. Wow. And that brought me back down to who I was. And once I had that power, that source of power, I never lost it. Right. Now, of course, I came back and, you know, hung out for a year and tried not to work and do uh, do just what I wanted to do. And and I got called up and they said uh, a corporation that I had been working for and left four times because they drove me crazy um, overworked me said, Hey, we need you, um, for another contract. And I was like, no, nah, man, never again. I'm not going down that path. And they said, it's in Budapest. And something said, go. You know? Cool. Cool. Yeah. And so I said, all right, well, I want triple the money and, uh, you guys pay for everything, flights, hotels, restaurant, whatever, everything. And they said, okay, showed up, um, first day in Budapest, first day in the business, opened the door and there was a woman standing there. And I was like, oh my, that's my wife. And it is to this day, 13 oh years gosh. later, my wife. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And so, and it was so amazing because before that I had just, I had a divorce behind me. I had toxic relationships. I had bad relationships. And the whole time was, um, what I realized was that you only can ever receive love, acceptance, and embracing, embracing to the degree that you love and accept and embrace yourself. And I didn't, okay. right. I was self-loathing. Mm -hmm. And until I clear that up, no one could love me the way I needed to be loved or wanted to be loved or could be loved. And I also realized that no one's responsible for our, our happiness besides us. They can make us happier, but our baseline happiness is ours. Absolutely and, uh, amazing. What you guys don't know about Stephen is him and I get to con conversate almost every single morning of the week, which is amazing on Clubhouse. And uh, we actually did um, Mike. Michael Cirillo, who's been on the podcast before, and I hosted a book club. And we were just really engulfed in wanting to learn everything about this humble alpha experience. One, because I think Cirillo and I have both been on that journey, that humble yeah. alpha experience before having language to it and understanding what this hit concept means. And we were so honored that both him and Lane actually came into the book club experience and then Joy joined us. And we just had a couple of weeks. It was about eight or nine weeks where we just unpacked what this meant. And through that entire time, Stephen, I didn't get to hear these couple of stories. And so I love that you're just um, an evolution of, of experience. And every time I get to share with you, there's another layer of the onion that you uncover. And so I'm grateful that that's how everyone is as a human. And it's more just, are we willing to take the time to actually allow that person to sit and uncover with you and trust you in that experience? Well, you know, it's probably the most important thing I've ever done is to articulate my experiences. You know, when we, when we look at the book, um, you know, this, this is, this is not, not just a book. This is, uh, my life articulated, right. With Lane as well. And once you articulate your operating 
system is what we call it. Then you can launch from there. And I mean, really launch. Since we wrote the book and we realized all the things that we were doing, we put a name to it and we can teach it. Um, and we are teaching it also at Forbes School of Business and Technology. It's now a part of their university curriculum, for instance, and a few other universities. Um, once you do that, you're, you're a different person because now you know you have a place from where you speak, right? You have a baseline from where you speak, where you teach, where you, where you even learn. And every conversation, when, when we create space, we show up wholly and fully for the person in front of us. No preconceived notions or cookie cutter solutions. Focusing on the intention and not the outcome because we don't control the outcome anyway. But when you do that, you co-create, like I said. And every time I have a, you know, a call like this or an interview like this or Lane and I are talking, we, we always record it. Because since we're creating space, it's always new. So everything we talk about, even the way I'm, I'm discussing this right now is different than I've discussed before because we're creating something different. And so we take this down and we'll, we'll use this recording to write the next book. right? So as we discuss... The, as we articulate our baseline plus the new things that we're coming that are coming to us through experiences and and um, articulation, we're writing the next books. And so, thank you. <laughs> You're so welcome. I am yeah. happy to be a subject yeah. in the process. Yeah. You know, I think that that's what's so important, though, is the recognition that every experience outside of label outside of a fixed idea. So yeah. we're going to have an hour meeting and the outcome is supposed to be we're going to grow our business by X number of dollars. That's actually not it at all. That yeah. is a component. And that right. is something we can speak to. But there is this energy, there is this frequency, there is going back to that experience in that church, that that vibration that is going to happen. Yeah. And ultimately, the goal is that we become higher versions of self by the time we leave that situation. Yeah. And I just got to experience that this morning with someone who was thinking she was just coming to coffee with me. Right. And, and she just wanted to know what I do. And I'm like, well, I don't, what do I do? Doesn't really matter, but what I be matters yeah. a lot. Yeah. And so who I be is this, yeah. right. And so I love that component of who you are and how you show up in the world at yeah, your rap sheet is amazing. And the things that you've been able to accomplish because of this understanding has been grandiose. But I believe that's for everyone. That's not it is. in a silo for thing. Stephen Kuhn. It's not in a silo for Tamara Andrews, no. right? And, and that's the sad thing sometimes is when you talk to people, they just they, they, even when you are as powerful as you can be with them, you can't force them to do it, right? So they get, they're, they're, so many people look on the outside for the answers and they're, they're, the answers aren't on the outside. There'll be tips and tricks and maybe a little, a little peek but the true answers are on, on the inside. And when you're willing to face it, look, I have PTSD from Iraq. I have to face that, you know, once a, once a week minimum, usually every morning. Right. And I deal with it. I just deal with it. I don't make it a crutch or an excuse or a reason or whatever. That's just part of who I am. It's not my identity. Right. It doesn't define who I am, but it's a part of who I am. So I, I deal with that. And there's, there's, everyone has a reason to give up. Everyone you do. I do. Everyone has a reason to give up. The question is, do you want to live a life on purpose? Or do you want to live a life guided by outside influences? That's what it comes down to. And me and Lane and my family, we want to live on purpose. And living on purpose means you determine what you get out of life. So like right now, right, my, my wrist is like really bad. It's like, I don't know, that my, I have dropped foot all of a sudden. My foot just dropped. So I can't, I walk like a fish hanging on my foot. You know, it doesn't bother me. I'm working on it. It's, it's not a big deal. I don't get depressed. I don't worry about it. I don't get nervous. I don't get scared. Why? Because I'm dictating the frequency that I want to live at. And that's what you're talking about when you said you went with this woman who went for coffee. You, you elevated her frequency. And people are like, whoa, that, that feels amazing. What's going on here? And I go, oh, Tamara was great. Yeah, but you're great because you allowed yourself to reach that frequency. And vibe, frequency, whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, sure. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's, that's sort of where we, we are. We, we're all about that frequency, all about that vibe. And with our coaching program, Humble Alpha Paradigm Upgrade Program, we're just, they're just flying at us. You know, it's incredible. We have no website, no marketing or anything. It's just, and then people are just showing up. We have a group of, a group of five starting today from the UK. Uh, we have a guy starting next week. And, you know, we have some really, really amazing clients. And they all become friends. And they all become business partners or better, you know, because of the frequency we're on. Once you meet people at that frequency, you want to stay around them. That's that's your tribe. That's your vibe, right? 
It's so <laughs> incredible. And, and ultimately, it's the concept of Napoleon Hill's mastermind. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Like it's the same thing. It's it's right. creating this when we come together, this higher level of being. Yeah. And it's the God within all of us that is showing up in that omnipresent experience based on the frequency. Yeah. And and it's so funny because I've been drawn to this concept and I've been drawn to you and what Lane have been doing since the first time that I met you, because I don't feel like anyone that I know here has, even though they've tapped into the concept, they haven't un- tapped into the language because even when I read the Bible or I learn from somebody who I really believe has a divine alignment from as a pastoral realm or, or an evangelical or a po- apostolic, whatever that be, they, they haven't understood it from a similar concept. And I don't know if it's because of experience or lack thereof. Um, can you tap into why yeah. you think that is? Sure. Um, you know, a, a lot of it is learned. You know, if you look at a professor or a theologist, you know, they, they experience to a certain degree. But when you're out there, you know, shucking and jiving, as we used to say, you know, um, and you're living it every single day, uh, it's, you can't beat that. You can't beat talking to someone who's lived it. They've been there and done that. You know, I mean, and also being aware of what's going on in your life. A lot of people aren't aware. They don't see that person next to them. They don't see that when they turn away that the person's eyes change or they look down or whatever. They don't see these things. And when you're aware of the world around you, you see your effect on the world around you. And then you can adjust it accordingly by looking within and saying, why am I having this effect on people? I thought I was a good person or I thought I was a great person or whatever it is. And then you realize, well, my frequency is low when I'm with this person. Or my frequency is low after this, or I don't feel good after that. So um, I have to do it for me first, and then automatically the outside is elevated. And uh, like being aware, consciously aware of where you are in life at all times, and and it sounds exhausting. And in the beginning, it's it takes discipline, but after a while, it's just a constant consciousness. Yeah. Where you just you just know I'm walking the grocery store, I'm making contact totally. with people around me, being friendly, smiling, bomb, doing this, blah, 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 helping people to carry da 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 da. It's just you're just constant like that, and that's 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 literally with your finger on the knob, keeping it at that at, at that frequency. Yeah, it, it, as you're saying that, especially with the the uh, grocery store example. I've been told a long time, like, you're such a light. Like when you walk into the room, you're such a light. Right. And for a long time, that actually was a, uh, almost a negative thing because I wasn't in that hit understanding that integrity wasn't there for that light. And I was almost manipulating the usage of it. And when I got into integrity, when I understood the purpose of the light, when I understood where the light was derived from, which is ultimately the source of God, and I would go into new experiences, I would allow the light to be what came into the room before me, the body, before me, the human, before me, the idea of me or whatever gift and talent I brought into the space. And because I allowed my power, which is his power to precede me, I then was off the hook for the expectation of what those people had for me, Tamara. And it became so freeing where that subconscious didn't have to work as hard. And I really truly got to sit and be present in that moment. Yeah, that's, uh, that's something. And um, it's relinquishing um, the bigger picture. I mean, like, like you said, focusing on your intention and not the outcome, like what's going to happen is going to happen. Um, we can only, um, to a certain degree, control how we're going to accept that. So I would say receive, right? Uh, so we're going to yeah. receive what's going to happen. But if my intention is whole, if my intention is good, if my intention is aligned, then it's going to happen the way it's supposed to happen, but which is which is a benefit or a positive for myself and everyone else involved. And, and just the fact that you believe that, right? Just the fact that you, I would say there's beliefs of faith and, and certainty, right? So you have, you know, we believe that's active. Like I believe, I believe. And then you have faith, which is I have faith in God. I have faith in things that will happen, but then you pray for the same thing every day. So do you really have faith? Cause if you did, you'd say it one time and that's enough. Right. So, you know, it's like this, how, how do we yeah, get there? That's, and good. Then, that's really right? good. Yeah. Right. And then we get to certainty and that's where you yeah. just know that just, yeah. just know. And then you have the knowing where you don't have to think about it anymore. It's mm. just a part of who you are. Yeah. And that's where Lane and I am. And a lot of humble offers are, to this point, like we have clients that finish our three, three month program. And there was like, guys, I just know this is like, I'm, I know I'm getting here. I know this yeah. is going to happen. I know that's going to happen. I'm not even worried about how I just know it's going to happen. Yeah. And yeah. And, and that's what I mean. They all turn into business partners and friends. And literally I wrote a mail just earlier today, starting a new company in the, in, in the States with a, a business partner that was, was one of our clients that said, look, I have to work with you guys. 
And it's, it's so powerful. It's just, well, it's and that's, alignment. And, and yeah, it's alignment. not, it's not uh, uh, you know, special like the techniques and da, da, da. Literally, it's, it's very, very small adjustments in, in these clients that make a massive difference. For instance, if you fly from New York to LA and you change one degree at the beginning, you're going to end up in Hawaii. It's the same thing we do with our clients. Like this little adjustment, that little adjust, uh, adjustment. One of our clients um, is a special assistant to Eric Adams, who's going to be the new mayor of New York. And she's, you know, she's a Latino and she's fire. And, you know, and the strides that she's making just from little small, you know, changes or adjustments is incredible. And, and so we're not saying, you know, we're Tony Robbins or this out of the other, because, we don't go and we don't change you. We don't want to change you. We don't have to change you. You just simply need to change who you think you need to be. Hmm. Just change, change your view and say, like, I'm, I already am who I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Right. And just embrace that and love it and enjoy it and let it out, man, and amplify hmm. your true identity once you figure out what that is, which is, again, in the book and in the program. That's so good. And recently, this, like, revelation of the I am Tamara, right? I am Steven. It's the no different than the light example I just gave you. You're already allowing there to be a proceeding of thyself by saying I am. And if you know biblically that he calls himself, God calls himself the great I am. I am precedes me. I am Tamara. My name is Tamara and it has nothing to do with me. I am the vessel by which I get to exist to bring to life what is purpose. And purpose is collective. It's not the individual entity. It's why when you get into spaces like this or conversations like this, there's this higher level of excellence and this explosive nature to become and to give. You said the word receive, and we cannot receive until we release. And that, I think, is what prevents so many people from being able to access this point is because they're controlling, they're holding on to something, this sense of identity, this sense of this is who I am because it's a label, because it's on my chest and I wear these medallions proudly. This is who I am. But when that is stripped like it was from you, you had to release that identity in order to receive the truest nature of thyself. Yeah, and they so they say what, what what you resist will persist. So mm, you know when, when you you know when you resisting that letting go, you know, there's a book David R. Hawking's Letting Go. It's like a 14 hour audio book, amazing book about letting go of all these things, how you can let go of diseases, how can how you can let go of, of past fear and all this kind of or fear and all these kind of things. Um, and I, I have I give great credence to that book because it's really powerful. It's long, like I said, but it's very, very powerful. And you nailed it when you said letting go. You know, you have to let go to receive. You know, and, and it's the same thing for money, you know, when it comes to wealth, um, people hang on, hang on, hang on. And that's that scarcity mindset. Scarcity mindset is going to dictate scarcity, you know? So I would say we're sort of a conduit, you know, you got to let it flow. Yeah. You, know, you got to let some out to, to, to let some back in, you know? <laughs> quick commercial break. I know I hate these things too, but it's so critical that you grow your business for God's sake. And I mean that pun intended with all the love in my heart to get you from a place of ideation to activation. Stop dreaming, start doing, stand up, start saying yes to the call that God has on your life. We are going to be joining in Lexington, Kentucky with none other than the beautiful Rise and Grind community with Glenn Lundy, who will be co-hosting this incredible conference. This is the second annual, and he has taken me under his wing to be able to share this stage to motivate and inspire, and I cannot wait to see you there. November 5th through the 7th, if you want to come in for the VIP experience, which who doesn't want to come along for VIP? That's all access passes to the speakers and the artists and you'll be able to dine with us in the private rooms with your own special bathrooms. So of course, come one day, two day, three day passes available as well. And we cannot wait, as Glenn and I say, to hug your neck. See you there. So what's interesting and and a part of your consistent access of flow, because you were in this space of like seclusion in order to flow. Then you come back into the realm of culture and uh, corporate settings and all of these people who who can and will penetrate you if you don't allow the boundaries and the safe people to be around you. 
you do these things, which is no different than when Jesus was like, I'm out, I'm going to go for 40 days, right? I'm going to go to the space where I can get quiet with self and you and Lane, and sometimes just you go on these retreats. And so I'd love for you to unpack the power of those retreats and what's actually happening in that exploration. Sure. So I've been working with sacred plant medicine now for the last 16 years and the last five years I've been doing it in Peru. Um, we used to go by myself then I met Lane and he came to one and then we ended up doing them together. So, um, that's just Peru. We do, we go to other places as well. Sometimes we were in Mexico just recently, actually last month. Um, we worked with some more plant medicine or actually animal medicine. Uh, and what, what this does is it allows us to, um, expand past our human limitations. So we as humans have a certain understanding. We can let go and we can believe in the higher power uh, that will take us. But, but sometimes you actually uh, want to know how to get there or you want to know not how to get there, but you want to know that there's more and that you know there's more, but you just can't consciously in this world and that we live in let go of it because there's so many limitations and ideals and humans are this and humans are that. Yeah, yeah. So when you work with plant medicine and we do it in a way that's facilitated, we work with the Keshua tribe which is the last surviving Incans. Um, uh, you know, we, we do it at the Temple of the Moon up there at the top of Cusco, uh, or in, we did it in Tulum in Mexico. And we facilitate um, unlocking of those blockages, of those human blockages that we have, if you will, or the societal blockages that we have. And we expand our consciousness so massive that you then can literally see your future or at least plan and, and have intentions for your future where you come back and then it actually happens because you let go of any resistance. So as an example, I, f- I went to Peru four years. Well, four years ago, I stopped traveling. I was a turnaround consultant, turned businesses around nine countries. I was on the road four days a week for 20 years, right? I came home, said, my wife, we have two kids, three and four years old at the time, or two and three. I'm staying home. She said, what are you going to do? I said, I have no idea. Um, so I went to Peru to figure it out. And I went to Peru and I said, okay, let me, let me, what do I want? So I said, okay, my intention is to make 100K in the next three months, buy a house, start an online business, make a hundred K and buy a house. Right. So I was so certain of that when I left that I totally forgot about it. (laughs) (laughs) But I came back and I started and within three months I had a hundred K and I'm sitting there. um, I started an online business, which wasn't even a business. It was just me doing lives. And I made a hundred K through just doing lives. And I'm sitting there and um, we had a hundred K. I had a hundred K house costs more, but you know, and uh, I'm sitting there signing the paperwork of the house. And my wife's like, what are you doing? We don't have the money. I'm like, if the house is here, the money's here. Cause it, it dawned on me. Holy crap. I, I got the business. I got the hundred K. Here's the house. Also, obviously it's working. So I'm just going <laughs> to sign it because going. the money will be here. Yeah. And two days later, my podcast came out uh, with John Lee Dumas, uh, my interview. And I, just from that one podcast, I made 65 K, you know, it was like, Oh wow. Check that out. See, I told you, baby. It's happening. You know? and <laughs> got so, you. You know, yeah. And, and so that's where that when certain, when you're that certain, mm-hmm. You want to go back and you want to do it again. You want to go back to Peru. You want to go to Mexico because what you find out about yourself and the the ability, I can tell you this, every human being has powers. They have no idea exist. And I'm not even close to mine, but I still, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm surprised at times what, what is possible. I mean, I literally will things to happen, things that could never happen. And they happen because I just get so certain of it. Like, look, reality doesn't exist unless we're looking at it. That's scientifically proven. So everything we everything we're looking at right now, even the screen and everything, is programmed into us because this is what this is how it's always been. And this is what we've been taught that it is, right? But if I look away, it doesn't exist. This is what science says, right? Real science, right? And and so when you realize that, you're like, huh? Well, if that's the case, then why can't I create what I want? Right? Why can't I yeah. create what I want yeah. or what I need? Yeah. And, and and I truly believe that. And of course, you don't do it yourself. It's a process of letting go and receiving, and intentions. So at no time am I grabbing, pulling, pushing, shoving. I'm letting go, receiving through, 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 through my intentions. So I, I have to say this disclaimer and also help my community who is probably holding on with barely gripping, understanding what's happening right here. And they're like, oh gosh, Tamara's gone off the deep end <laughs> because I, I serve a Christian community, right? And in Christianity, or I believe in, in any sort of religion, there are religious beliefs that are structured that create a box right Right. and this box feels really safe and i i have been able to in the last five years in the exploration of pursuing god not pursuing religion 
pursuing relationship versus religion, been able to unlock a deeper sense of spirituality that puts me into a space of that certainty and that knowing. So if someone was to come through and be like, question my belief system, I do not know every scripture, even as an ordained minister, right? right? But there's that deep sense of knowing of self and the maker of self. And so when I got entwined with understanding Humble Alpha and understanding you and Lane more and then knowing there's still becoming in that relationship, I I had always been curious in this idea that there is a higher level of consciousness. And I've watched things like Goop with Gwyneth Paltrow or Zac Efron as he went around and explored what was going on around the world. And this idea of Ikigai and this reason for being in the Japanese realm, right? And so I know that there is more, and I yeah. think that it's important that in a religious spirit, we, we break down the constructs of a belief system in order to know. Yeah. Because belief is only one layer, and there's yep. that sense of knowing and certainty and becoming. And so knowing that even you, even in all of this expression of self and understanding, there's still becoming to be had. Oh my goodness. It's right? never ending. I hope it never ends. I mean, if, yeah. if I mean, honestly, if it ends, then we are We're dead. Like, yeah. 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 We ain't <laughs> like, here. We ain't yeah, here. Yeah. Because yeah. if you stop learning, you're dying. Yeah, exactly. And, and so help help my help my community understand this. Well, help. you know, yeah, and they're not gonna understand it. Help them grasp Do you know it. what I'm saying? Grasp it. Grasp it. Grasp it. Okay, so it's like this. I grew up very, very religious. We were, you know, my mom was married a few times, so we were like or were we Presbyterian, Catholic, <laughs> yes. uh, Baptist? I was even Mormon. Um, you yeah. know, so I, I went through it all. Wow. And uh, very structured. Can't do this, can't do that, can't do this, can't do that, can't do this, can't do that. Well, this is the deal. Um, when you realize that the spirituality and religion used to be one, right? It used to be one thing. Yeah. Uh, then you're like, well, well, okay, I can see how that could work. You know, there's just no boundaries. You know, when you're when you base your values on Christian values, and I don't mean rules, I mean values, That's right? That's so good then you're not going to do anything wrong anyway. So what do you need rules for? You see what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. what, once you realize that I'm a good person inside, I have a moral foundation by which I live as a human being, which I would never betray. Then I don't need rules because I'm not going to do anything wrong anyway. Right? So that's, that's sort of what I'm talking about. Then you realize, okay, now that I have no more constraints, because you feel like I can't do this because that could look like that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Right. That's you so know good. What's right. You know, yeah. what's right. You know, what's wrong. It's just like if you're in a meeting and you don't know the answer, you're not going to lie. Right. You're just going to say, let me get back to you. Yeah. It's the same thing with your, with your, and, and you know, honesty, integrity, transparency plays a big role in that because hit, because honesty, when, when you're honest with yourself like that, you don't have to about, worry about being honest with anyone else. Because as soon as you are, boom, that inner compass goes off. You're like, whoa, what's going on? Okay, I need to, I need to readjust, reevaluate, recalibrate. And, and so that's basically what I'm saying. And so then when we go into these places, there's no limits. And I can tell you, um, we go there with business leaders. We go there with very successful people. And, I mean, look, Will Smith just came out. He did six ayahuasca sessions in Peru, you know. And he said it changed his life forever. I, I just talked to a guy yesterday that, was, uh, yesterday that was in Mexico and did what we did. We did Bufo. And he said it was the most incredible thing I've ever experienced in my life. And for me, after 16 years of plant medicine, I went to Mexico last month or two months ago, did Bufo, and it was the most incredible thing I've ever seen uh, that I've ever experienced by far. After 16 years of plant medicine. This That's was animal? That's animal? animal. Yeah, it's, it's a toad. It's a okay, toad. a toad. Okay, okay. Yeah. And so well, the extract from a toad. And that literally shot me into the cosmos, into the ether. Uh, and my consciousness was so open that I could, I could create, speak to, see, change anything I wanted in a second. And it was real. You're not like, you know, it was real. You could actually do it. And then you come back and your mind closes up or your, you know, consciousness comes back to where it's supposed to be because it's like a rubber band, right? And you're like, wait a second. Why can't I do that now? Yeah. And the more you do, the more you work with it like that, the more you see that you can do it now. Yeah. Right. It's just letting go of the block blockages and limitations that we have put on ourselves through all these years through rules. What you're not allowed to do. Look, Francesco from Azizi, right? He was one of the last Catholics uh, that was both spiritual and um, religious. Matter of fact, they had to chain him to his pult 
because he would levitate when he would, when he would preach. Right. And they said, if you keep levitating, we're going to excommunicate you. So they had to chain him to his pole. So if you go to, if you go to Aziz, which is a city in Italy and you go to his gruft, what do you call it? His tomb, which is under the chapel or under the church above the church on the bottom, on the floor of the church underneath it is sorry. So here's his tomb and above it is the floor. And then there's a, there's a geometric sign there on the floor. And when you stand over it, I, you know, you can like feel that he's down there. Like you can feel that energy. Wow. You know, it's just, it's incredible. And whether or not it comes from him or from the, it's always been there. Who knows what, but we all know churches are all big cathedrals and churches are all built on PowerPoints, right. On, on huge points of power across the planet, you know, so the chakra points or whatever you want to call them. Um, and so, you know, all this stuff is connected and, and we're, I can just say this, whoever's watching this right now, if there's anything you ever, you ever wanted to do, that's not even close to what you're capable of. And I don't even care if it's going to the moon. You know, it's like whatever it is you want to do, yeah. that's not even close to what you're capable of. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. And it's yeah. so true. And you have to break down the barriers bit by bit for that to be yeah. the understanding. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it, I feel like it's going to always be right. Like I'm never going to get to a point where no. I've made it. You've no. made it. No. We get it. We've unlocked it. Like no. that's just simply not the case because then we would be God. And that was yeah, not no. God's intent. <laughs> Truly. Well, it's, it's true. And, and honestly, you know, when I talk like this, people are like, well, you're, you're love, sound like a dream life. I'm like, no, first of all, I'm living on purpose, but that doesn't mean my wife is aligned with how I think. Yeah. Right. She's not exactly aligned with how I think we have our issues too. Right. I'm not, I'm not a perfect father. I try to be, but I'm not, you know, and there's, there's, I'm not a perfect businessman. I try to be, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a perfect business partner. I try to be, but I'm not, it's a constant, that's the journey. Yeah. Right. Totally. I mean, if we were all perfect, what's, what's the point? Totally. <laughs> right. totally. Right? And, so. and there's that constant state of surrender, right? Because when you receive information and you can hold it as truth and knowing, like we're talking about, you have a tendency in the flesh to want to hold it. Yeah. Right. I, I, I believe this to be true. So I'm going to, I'm going to hold it right here so that I don't forget it. But that then inhibits you from the next stage of growth that inhibits you from the next stage of alignment and becoming. And so yeah. it, it constantly is in this free space of posture of I am willing to surrender and submit to the fact that I am human and I mess up and I don't have a perfect mindset and I don't have perfect habits and I don't have perfect relationships, but I am willing to step into the next opportunity with the belief and the knowing that it is possible. And build the tools, right? You fill up your toolbox with the tools we have and always be creating space. So go into every situation without the, without, a preconceived notion of what it's supposed to end up like yeah. just focus on the attention. Like, you know, if I, if, if my wife's unhappy or something's going on, I have to create space with her space with her. Cause if I'm emotional, if I try to push or try to pull, it's not, it, it's, it's not going to get us anywhere. It'll be this back and forth. And so I have to like take my husband hat off, take my dad hat off and just be the guy who's there listening. And with no preconceived notions, whatever comes out, we, 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 we deal with. And when you live like that, life is so much easier. But when you're trying to control the outcome, you're just like you said, you're, you're not letting go. You're not allowing the flow to happen. Yeah. yeah. What an interesting, I mean, I could talk to you all day long and I'm excited. I'm going to get to talk to you and, and do the same thing in Kentucky with the Grow Your Business for God's Sake yes. conference coming up in November. He'll be flying all the way from Hungary to be in Lexington. And then you have a conference right after that in California. Is that right? No, no. It's in Houston, Texas. In Houston. It's, okay. Yeah. Tell us We're about doing, that. We're doing, it's a, it's a veteran, um, it's called the Humble Alpha Veteran Empowerment, Amazing. Uh, which is HAVE, which is another uh, organization that we founded, which took the Humble Alpha and the Veteran Empowerment. We're very big in the veteran space, and we brought it together, Humble Alpha Veteran Empowerment, HAVE, you can have it all, right? And it's a three-day event, first day is only for women, and that's with the Synergy Learning Institute. And then the second day is all about business. So we have Mark Rockefeller from Street Shares Foundation donating $50,000 to winners of a pitch competition for entrepreneurs. And then we're donating 34000 in um, scholarships from different different schools that we, that we work with and universities that we work with, Synergy Learning Institute. And then we have speed coaching, six sessions of 20 minutes of speed coaching with some very, very high-end coaches and people like you know, Ron Lynch, who did 4.2 billion in sales online. I mean, on, wow. on TV and just ridiculous people they are showing up. We have some very, very high end VIPs that we've written that have blocked the day, but haven't confirmed yet. So it can be very, very exciting. The third day is free for everyone. And that's a healing um, symposium. Wow. So we talk about trauma, PTSD, and um, depression from wow. with veterans and families, right? Wow. So their families, the wives and the, the, the husbands, 
Um, and that's free. And we're going to talk about some people, you know, use ketamine or they use breath, breath work or religion or plant medicine or all these different things. And we just, will be discussions, short discussions, wow. and then breakouts where you can go to the people and, and get more help. So it's a pretty big deal for us. Um, is this yeah. your first time doing something like this? No, this is not, this is not the okay. first time. We usually piggyback on the military influencers conference, but they did not have an event the last two years. So we're doing this on our own and we ended up picking up some of the big players and, and really also sponsored by Samuel Adams, a beer brewing the American dream, they call nice. it, uh, you know, foundation and they're sponsoring the beer for the VIP event. I don't drink, but Hey, you know who does? Yeah. Hey, you right. Know? That's yeah, amazing. You know? yeah. yeah. And so it was, it was, and, and again, how that happened, I have no idea. We just set yeah. the intention. Yeah. And then even more doors opened in that intention, as yeah. I've seen like the venue being gifted and all these extra, the expansion of the, the conference size. It's just, yeah. It's because you're willing to put yourself out there. And I just experienced that no different in an event that I had this past weekend where I had to get out of sense of self and control in order to release what could become. And the outcome was greater than I could have asked, hoped or imagined. And it's simply because of the word release. That literally is what it is. Yeah, we try to control it. Like even uh, people are like, oh, what if only 200 people show up? I'm like. Well, then, too, it's going to be an amazing conference right. with 200 people. And right. And it's the terrible. ripple effect thereafter, because what yeah. we see in the natural is that there's only 200 chairs filled, but there's 500 chairs available. But how many people does that one human being speak to, touch, yeah. go yeah. by on a consistent basis if their energy field is expanded to the fact that they're in a grocery store and that person doesn't ever even speak to you or make eye contact, but they say, whoa, yeah, how, the confidence of that person the, the light of that person, the yeah. love of that person. And that's a seed that's planted that then becomes another harvest for somebody else. Amen to that. Right. It's so good. Steven, you're such a treasure. Every time I talk to you, I yeah. am enamored. I want to come to Peru with husband and have a grand yeah. old time. So we'll have to do that and get that on the books for yeah, sure. Yeah, let's do it. Glenn said he's coming in March. So I would love to see if Leslie comes. Yeah. Yes. All right. Steven, awesome. thank you again for being here. And of course, everybody go and get your Unleash Your Humble Alpha book off of Amazon right now. Uh, we might have to kick out a, a book club again because there's so yeah. much to unpack. And like we said, and my book states, we are always becoming. And so we're not made it to anywhere. We are on route and on mission and committed to where we want to be. And so I appreciate you. I appreciate you too. Thank you so much. Hey y'all, it's me again. I hope in today's episode, you sense and ignite to an ember within you. Something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway. By snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at fitandfaith underscore podcast or me personally at tamara.andress on Insta. I hope that I can keep you accountable and also share you with the greater community of the Fit and Faith podcast listeners. We're totally in this together. Community over competition is the motto, right? I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. I'd love to feature your thought in the next episode and give you and your passion project a big shout out. You know I'm a writer, so I love words and I can't wait to read what you have to say. I'm ready to fuel the flame with you together. And until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. Tune in next time. Often we believe our questions mean we don't have faith, but I believe Jesus loves our questions. Our questions are windows into heaven. I'm Caden Fabrizio, and on the Questions with Caden podcast, we ask and answer one question per episode as relevantly and biblically as possible. Questions about fear, anxiety, depression, addiction, and so much more. Don't worry. Your questions, they're not going to scare Jesus. So ask away. Listen and subscribe now at lifeaudio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.